What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Black and Bourbon Podcast with Khalil and Naya. In today's episode, we have a very special guest, someone that I've actually known for the last few years. I actually met them through a goal achievement group that we formed uh, between a friend of mine and our guest. So I'm excited to have her on our uh, podcast today. She is a multi-state business owner. She also has a very growing uh, social media presence. And so it's really exciting to talk to her and see how she shares her knowledge of real estate and just finances in general with her, her audience. And without further ado, let's introduce our guest. Hi, my name is DeAndre, and I want to say, Khalil, that he has known me for a few years, but we have never met in person. So never, I think that's even, yes. Even funnier that I don't, I don't even know if he's real, to be quite honest. <laughs> I think we... <laughs> Meetings like this are always basically being like, oh, that's a person. Maybe. That's not just like an AI bot <laughs> that someone has <laughs> made to be a real thing. But yeah, my name is DeAndre McDonald. I'm a real estate investor or a teacher turned real estate investor. Um, I am based out of Virginia, but I own in a few different states. I started investing in real estate because teaching was, wasn't paying the bills. Not that I didn't love the babies because they are- Oh, don't we love the babies? keep you humble. Right, like what? Right, <laughs> I just thought high school and them little suckers, those mouths were- <laughs> I bet. No joke, but it just wasn't going to- pay the bills forever it was like so for 40 years then no <laughs> not not me <laughs> not at not i set the cat so um i started investing in real estate was able to leave teaching full-time and i'm now like truly really considering going back part-time really which is really yeah which is awesome in its own right i've been volunteering but i miss it not enough to go back full-time but now I feel like one of those like waspy moms. What can I do on my so. Tuesday afternoon? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever. I can teach one class. I got it. That's pretty much what I am. Very nice. Well, we are excited to have you and thank you again for joining us. Yeah. Yes. So I watched a TED Talk with a woman named Brene Brown, a researcher. She's described vulnerability. You better. Vul- you better. You ah. better. I'm prepared. I'm yes. Prepared. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She described vulnerability by saying it was the core of shame, fear, and our struggle for worthiness, but it appears that it also birthed the birthplace of joy, creativity, belonging, and love. So I love that she described the way that she described it because the immediate instinct of being vulnerable for some of us makes us want to panic because our emotions or insecurities are exposed. Those things we hate the most about ourselves are out there for everyone to see. But the reason I love that definition is because she also shines light on the positive side of being vulnerable. So my question is, why do you think our society struggles with being vulnerable and why is the concept so difficult to express? So... Mm. I don't know if our society as a whole in America struggles with being vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. I think that yeah. black people definitely struggle with being vulnerable. And I will say part of that is because, especially with the black and bourbon, I imagine the black and bourbon demographic is we've been taught that we have to be like a representation of our race. Right. At all moments. Yeah. Work twice right? as hard. Right. So... I don't get to have bad days. I don't get to struggle at work, at school, because that might make other black people look bad, right? Yeah. Somewhere like you maybe shouldn't be in this, somebody in the back of your mind, you maybe shouldn't even be in this space anyway. So you don't get to struggle. Yeah. You don't get to be vulnerable because it could be snatched from you and not just from you. 
from everyone coming after mm-hmm. you. Right, they won't give. And I think else that an is very real, specifically in our space, where it's like, okay, you might be first or second generation with a little bit of money. You know, first or second. How about this? First, or second generation, middle class, and right. you can't be like things are hard because our parents are like. <laughs> hard <laughs> you know you this don't know what hard right. is what do you mean all the sacrifices we made yeah. loft in la hard <laughs> so i don't know if we get to show that yeah the same way and then i because we don't get to practice with it as we get older it becomes dangerous it becomes and i i'm and Khalil and Israel, the other accountability part, make fun of me all the time because I just want to vibe, man. <laughs> I just like, I don't want to. But because of Brene, I realized vibing meant I felt nothing. Right. You can't just numb the negative. You have to numb everything. I don't feel anything on a regular basis. And that is a problem. But it's because I didn't want to be vulnerable. And she gave me the exact right words. I didn't want to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to open myself up. Because it could hurt, mm-hmm. but it could also feel great. Right. Yeah. So I think that's why, especially like black, maybe first, second generation middle class, mm-hmm. really struggle with feeling vulnerable is because it's 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 new. It's a new thing that you get to feel. Because yeah. I genuinely don't know if our parents had that option right. <laughs> to feel vulnerable. And then I have... I haven't felt it for so long, or I was able to cover it with things like academic achievement, with things like awards, that I I could hide the fact that I didn't feel vulnerable. But now that all that's stripped away, really struggling with how do you, and then how do you match that? The other, the second thing I think is that vulnerability and confidence have kind of been put as opposites. Right. When they're really the same coin. If you're going to be vulnerable, you can't be confident. So if I'm going to fake this confidence, yeah. I got to dull it. I got to numb it and push it down and be like, I'm the baddest bitch. And that's it. Right. There's no, but I also cry at night because I'm lonely. Yeah. In between. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to have that. So I think those two things are why it's so hard, at least in my world, for people to feel vulnerable. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And there's that that fear of being exploited, right? Like mm. you, that fear that the thing that you're already insecure about, right? It's usually the things that we are not sure in ourselves that we fear someone else will exploit. Uh, because honestly, it, it may in certain ways be because we feel like we would if we were in the opposite situation, you know? Like we would, if we saw that same trait in someone else, instead of coming from a place of compassion, we might be more judgmental or critical. I would say I would understand if that was true, but I actually don't think it is. I think a lot of the things were vulnerable because then you're just a terrible person. Like, so like like adding that in, right? So I think like if I'm vulnerable, like about my skin, I have never been like that pimply face bitch. Like I've never done that. Yeah, for some reason I'm vulnerable that other people are doing that to me. And I don't think that's necessarily true. So that's also something in my mind. Like, I don't think anyone is even, does even care. Do they? Do they even that's care? that is hundred yes, percent true. Actually, yes. <laughs> people do when, not care as much as we think they. That's do. the thing about it is too that we if you really think about all the things that people are vulnerable about, everybody has something. So you're always internalizing and thinking about almost about yourself. But everybody out there has something, and you almost have to just take a leap, just go for it because so, everybody's going through something. It. And I like, and if, and because there's a difference about insecurities and like true weaknesses, 
right? As a boss, as a whatever, I might be worried that you have this weakness as an employee. That is like that, is, and that is a valuable and, and completely normal thing to be worried about. Like if you're right. supposed to be our negotiator, but you don't like confrontation, okay, we got to talk about this. We got to work on it. But I'm not worried because you haven't been in the gym in four days. Like what? What? Like I'm not worried. <laughs> because, you know what I mean? Like those little things that we might be insecure about or avoid feeling. No one even is worried about it. <laughs> no one is caring about it. That's you know, funny. I do think though. I I haven't personally had this experience because I've always been relatively thin. But I do think there are certain categories of people's insecurities that do get exploited. Like weight, for example, I would say is something people comment on mm-hmm. and feel that they have liberties to comment on without any uh repercussion mm. i think even certain certain other topics that like yeah I, I definitely get what you're saying like most of the time the things that we are insecure about we probably build up more in our heads than other people even acknowledge but i do think there's a, a side of society that feels like they can give their opinion even if it's oh, unsolicited. that i agree totally i just mean life. that i don't think it was the it was the saying of well you might do it if it was the other way around it's that that I don't think is necessarily yeah, true. No, that's fair. I think like yeah oh there's terrible people out there oh for sure <laughs> but I don't think it's so much like oh because I would do the same thing because if that was true you're a bad person <laughs> and that needs to yeah. be acknowledged. No, you're not wrong. Um, because those are bad people, but but like you said earlier, how you kind of get to that place where you don't care. In that instance, it's sometimes difficult because everybody's always pointing out, oh, you're too thin. Oh, you're too fat. Okay, well, what's the right way to look? At that point, I get that's where I go. I, I don't care. It doesn't matter because everyone's always going to say something, always going to have an opinion, you know? So then it just makes me not just be like, you know what? I'm just going to be how I am and just keep moving forward because everyone always has something to say. And I think that's, it, I think that is the right step to go. But I think there's a slight difference with the mentality. It's yeah. not, so I don't care, I will be whatever. It's, so what do I care? What then do I, I can be yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's the right. switch for me. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to give up. It doesn't matter. It's like, no, I'm going to look internally and be like, well, what matters to me? Yeah. And then that's what I'm right. going to be. And something else I liked about Brene is that she said, those spaces, it is okay to leave. Yeah. Like those people mm. who are like that. So you need to be vulnerable because this is about being vulnerable at work specifically. And if you can't, you should find another place to work. It, the, the correct response is not to shut down. The correct response is to go somewhere that no one is worried about the way you look. Yeah. The correct response is to mm. go to a friend group, a business group, family members, whoever, who don't care. Who don't, unless you're right. like, hey, help me. I want to be better. But to go to people who don't care about your accent or don't care about the fact that you're not an extrovert or you don't want to spend all this money, blah, 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 go to those spaces instead of shutting down. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us were like, shut down to survive because I got to make it here for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. Instead of, I have the right and I deserve to go somewhere where I am seen completely. Mm-hmm. Right. We talked about vulnerability and confidence a little bit earlier. And I think one of the things that I've had to recognize for myself in regards to confidence was no one else knows me Mm. and no one else's judgment of me is accurate, Mm. right? Because they only see me when they see Mm -hmm. me. They're not with me when they're not with me at the end of the day. So nobody can form a complete judgment of me because they don't have a full picture of who I am. And so 
I'm the only person that knows what my values are, what my decision-making is when I'm alone or when I'm in certain circumstances versus others. And I'm the only one who can make an accurate judgment of what that looks like. Now, I can obviously delude myself and tell, it, tell myself that it's something different. But if I'm being honest and I'm being upfront with like, this is the reality of what, I, what my life looks like and what my priorities are, I should have full confidence in the choices I'm making because they're my choices. And at the end of the day, no one else has the insight into what led to that choice. That's a good way to think going into acting and being in such like a public job or career because you're on social media. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody's saying so to remember that I know who I am. I know what my beliefs are and what my goals are is a good way to think about it going into that kind of career in public, but also every day, but just that specific career because everybody in the world is just watching you. And then, something I'm learning to take that a step further is that I was taking that even too far was that I don't want to listen to nobody because I'm the only person who knows me where there are other people whose expertise is valuable and I shouldn't shut out everyone, Mm -hmm. but I have to be careful about those two or three. I am giving myself to emotionally and be open. Cause even in that sense, I'm shutting down being vulnerable, right? I don't want to read, like the don't read the comments, don't engage, don't do this. It's like, okay, but who is gonna check you when you inevitably make a mistake? Cause we, we aren't in isolation. We need to be able to be held accountable. That's true. So there has to be a few people that you trust enough to say something. Now, strangers right. on the internet ain't <laughs> it. That's not what we're trusting to say something. But even there, you can't shut down completely. It's got to be a friend, a family member, a therapist, a a priest, or or a religious leader, somebody who can say like, Mm -hmm. hey, you might have overstepped or you got to be better here. I definitely agree with that. And I think there's a level of respect Mm. that is embedded into those types of relationships, if you will. Right? So it's like not just some unwarranted critique, right? Because I feel like a lot of times people are not judicious about how they deliver critiques or criticism Mm. right like a lot of times people will offer critique or criticism and it's not with any constructive purpose it's not like hey i'm i'm telling you your skin is oh that's that's hate bad that's what that is is. right like that's it's just like you're just being negative and i think you know in those types of relationships that you described there is a level of mutual respect Mm. for both parties even if there's a power dynamic where like one person is a leader and another is not but there's still a level of mutual respect where we understand in this relationship, we have each other's best interest in mind. And so, or we would hope that we have each other's best interest in mind. And so my criticism is for the betterment of the people involved, not necessarily just to tear you down. And that's where critiques and criticism meet that vulnerability piece, right? Because I can be vulnerable with feedback because feedback is two things. Number one, it is constructive. And number two, it was asked for. (laughs) That's why I can be vulnerable in that space because it is going to help me be better and I asked you for it. If it is not both of those things, then it is hate and I am not interested at all (laughs) in what that person has to say. And that is a full shutdown because I did not ask you for it and that should be enough. (laughs) You didn't have to comment on anything of what I'm doing. And that's why we, again, go to the strange on the internet. As much as you might think you're being helpful, even if you think that, I didn't ask you. 
Yeah. It was, there was no question posed in the video. <laughs> so there was no reason to say anything. That's where I have to learn to be more vulnerable because sometimes when you open up, you end up learning something from that experience. And that's where I'm kind of growing. Mm. Have you guys heard that sound on Instagram and TikTok where it's like Rihanna in an interview and she's like, oh, what do you do when you're not feeling put together yeah. and da 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 da? And she's like, fake it. Yeah. How do you think that applies to confidence? I actually saw another sound where instead of it said fake it, someone said, I forget, they changed it. They were like, I'm not going to pretend, you know, I'm going to you know, perk up or whatever. They completely changed the sound. And it, I like that sound a lot, but I have to think about it, what it was. But they instead of pretend, it was own it or something. I don't remember. With the pretend sound, it, I think that goes back to like, she's in the public eye. And I don't know if she gets mm. to be vulnerable and rich in the public eye, right? You know, we saw it with athletes, with black athletes. We saw it with black entertainers that kind of like shut up and drip. Like you don't get to feel at that level in the public eye for black people specifically for this podcast, because someone's going to be like, oh, how could you be sad? You're rich. How could you be sad? Every man wants to. You have body problems, but you're a size four. You have whatever. You you don't get to feel that way. And when I hear it, I'm like, no, I get it. I get why she would say that. But I also imagine she's got people behind the scenes who she can be vulnerable with. Yeah, that's true. Who she can. I don't know if you guys remember when Lizzo came out with that last music video. Yeah. Uh, that looked like Hercules. And she was on TikTok crying because people and I was oh, like, yeah. and even I was like, girl, this ain't the place to do this. Like I, and I had to catch myself because watching someone show vulnerability was making me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I was me like, I want to stop. <laughs> that, I did that. private doors. And I had to stop myself because I see other women crying every day on TikTok. And I just be like, uh, scroll right past. So I'm not like, stupid. Right. No, that's true. That's true. So even within myself, I have to say, just because you're in the public eye, just because you're successful, just because you show a confidence on a daily basis does not mean you don't have to have vulnerable moments and does not mean that I'm trying to shut you down. What do you right. think about people that, I guess, show those crying emotions on social media instead of to those people in the background? Do you think it's okay that they get on there and they express it or do you think it would be better expressed behind the scenes? Or do you think they should show the public those emotions? And you're challenging me to like think through some of my own, the thoughts that came immediately. I don't think it's bad. I just hope it is serving the purpose you wanted it to. Mm. What do you mean by that? When I, for instance, have gotten online and said like, hey, I made a mistake here. Hey, I am trying to be better. I'm doing that because I want people to know that even though I might be like this like landlord property manager, I'm not perfect. And even though I'm trying my best, I do sometimes make mistakes. Mm just because I don't know. For example, the thing I'm learning this week, right? That like, it wouldn't have been in a book is a tenant tested positive for COVID, but has a maintenance request. And I'm like, well, what do I do? Right? Cause I need to service the maintenance request, mm, right. but it's 40, it's 15 degrees outside. Do I say like, go sit in your car? Like, I, <laughs> but I'm not trying to walk into your apartment right now, but we can't, but mm-hmm. so like, I might mess up. I don't know exactly what to do here yet but i'm doing it not for my own healing it's so to let people know like hey 
this is something I struggle with or I'm learning. Right. I don't think I would make those videos if I was trying to heal. So whatever their purpose is, as long as that purpose is being accomplished, why am I, why could I be upset for you? Um, I don't think I could heal mm-hmm. that way, but if you can do it, live your life. Um, and if you can't, then I hope that if you do post that video, you are also getting what you need outside of that. Yeah. Off screen. Yeah. Yeah. And adding to that, I think a lot of people, at least that I follow, I don't follow a lot of celebs online. Um, if they're like me, they're just someone with a camera. Right. With a phone by themselves filming. So if you did that to heal and they're like turning to an empty apartment or turning to an empty office, I just, I hope you're getting what you need when you put down the phone. The phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What advice would you give to someone struggling with opening up to people in a vulnerable Ooh. way? That you shouldn't be opening up to everybody. Mm. And that part of winning the battle is making sure you have someone, even if it's one person to start, and even if it's a therapist, even if you have to pay them, that you have someone you can truly open up with without any fear of shame or embarrassment. Yes. Having yes, I said constructive that feedback is not... You might get some feedback. So don't think you could just say whatever. No one's going to say like, well, that was silly. Because even your therapist is going to be like, okay, yeah. well, let's not do that again. Right, right. <laughs> right? But I would start small. I, I don't think it's every friend. I don't think it's every family member. I don't think it's every work colleague. Look at the people around you and see and, and start with something smaller and, and build from there mm-hmm. it is a muscle that has to be flexed it is not just like oh i can just dump whatever because that's mm-hmm. the other part is sometimes people shift it into like oh i can just dump emotionally on you and that's not <laughs> it either mm-hmm. i yeah. think um to your uh original comment but to your earlier comment i think a therapist is a great resource like if you even if you have great friends a therapist is somebody who is professionally trained to listen and understand what you're saying and even understand some of the things you're not saying so i think that can be a really powerful tool when you're working through a lot of these things that you have a hard time telling yourself or or help mm-hmm. convincing yourself to believe right like if your self belief is not strong a therapist can help you it's kind of like a like a trainer at a gym right they're helping you work out those muscles you're the one who's still doing the work right you're still lifting the weights you're still um the one who's seeing the results but this person is helped to guide you through that um and so that could be a helpful tool as well if you don't have other people around that can be a for sure i love that sports teams have um the sports therapists on staff my volleyball team in school has a sports therapist on staff and i think that's a really really good resource in even like just the school in itself has therapists that you can just go to i encourage people to go and use those resources because they're very beneficial it's a safe place again to practice of even if you don't think anything's wrong and therapy is not just says like something is wrong Mm -hmm. but it gives you a chance to open up and it has no long-term consequences, right? They're not going to go, they don't know who your friends are. They can't tell mm-hmm. your employers. Yeah. But just to kind of practice what it's like to be vulnerable about your love life or about your spirituality or about your friendships or about your self-worth. Like there's so many things 
that it's healthy to talk about. Finding a space where you can be vulnerable without fear of shame. Shame, like Brene Brown said in, in the videos, like that's something that so many, that's so closely a part of that process, a part of like working out that process of, of being vulnerable and, and gaining constant confidence. And so finding a space where you can work through those things without fear of shame is really important because otherwise you're going to always be guarded for fear of some, somebody using those things that you're embarrassed about or ashamed of against you. So if you can find a space, whether it's a confident friend, it's, it's a family member, whatever it is, it's finding a space where you feel like you can be yourself um, is really important in helping build yourself up. Mm-hmm. I saw actually... I'm not exactly sure. I think this might have been on social media, but I saw something specifically about relationships and it was saying that actually it was on social media, but it was about how this relationship coach was saying that people seek relationships that validate the things about themselves that they were told to be ashamed of when they were children. Mm. And it was interesting. I mean, I don't know if I hundred percent agree or what that really feel like kind of, I haven't teased that out entirely, but it's an interesting concept to think about. Like, yeah, we we do want to find a home for those things that we don't feel like we can share everywhere, right? Like you were saying, you don't tell every friend everything. You don't have, you shouldn't be exposing yourself and vulnerable to every person in the same way. But I think particularly in relationships, but then also just in closer friendships, romantic relationships, I mean, but then also in closer friendships, yeah, finding a space where you can be vulnerable without fear of shame is important. Yeah, and, and, and vulnerability is seen sometimes as like, the relationship is vulnerable, with vulnerability is seen as like people have to just, uh, people should respond to you in a certain way. And I think there's another step here with relationships is when you do practice being vulnerable, you know how you're supposed to be treated mm-hmm. in that space. Yes. So specifically with, because what I heard just then, and they might not have attended it that way, but it also might, in a relationship, especially romantically, you might go up to someone who has been treating you the way you've mm-hmm. been treated about that thing. And that might not be great. That might that, so that might be good. Yeah. And then like, oh, I've been taken care of this way. I know how to be taken care of this way. But if you've always been made fun of for your weight, you might meet a man or a woman who continues that pattern because you don't know how to be interacted with in that space. So when you practice it, you can recognize red flags immediately. Like I, I know red flags for me work-wise. One of the reasons like I can't be anyone's employee. I, and me, I'm like, oh no, oh no. You, you said what? No, no. Right. Overtime, no. Unpaid, no. Thank. But I know what it's like to be in that space of like, I'm giving my all and I don't feel like I'm being respected in the way I need to be respected. And I've practiced it that way. I feel that way with romantic relationships. I didn't always feel that way with business Mm. of like, if I'm making a business deal, if I'm working, if I'm paying a contractor, if I'm paying a professional, what should I expect? But it's been practice of like, okay, now I know. But if you don't, then you can slip into situations where they keep treating you like you've been treated Mm -hmm. and it wasn't great. Yeah, no, that's true. That is so true. I'm curious, Naya, what your thoughts are on this? What do you think Gen Z, how do you think like growing up with social media has affected their confidence and how they interact with each other? Man, social media, 
I think that it's just important to take breaks from social media because my generation spends so much time on it, TikTok, Instagram, and seeing and you see all these Instagram models and these people that with perfect bodies and people like this. I love nowadays there's so many people putting their you know, their just normal body out there, their regular body. They may not be stick skinny, but they're just expressing their, you know, their shape, their size, whatever it is because so often we get so wrapped up in trying to look a certain way, trying to have a certain aesthetic that we can forget that this is just how I am. I'm not perfect all the time. But so social media is just like a highlight reel. Yeah, I saw something. It was on Twitter, but it was basically like, oh, I'm glad millennials were the like, last generation to be able to like get our personalities not from the Internet or not like replicating something that we saw on the Internet. Um, and I mean, I, I guess I don't really interact with a lot of Gen Z, but I, I do feel like I've seen that to a certain extent. Like the culture of the internet is so pervasive in the culture of like Gen Z and like the way that they interact with each other. Like the fact that even like TikToks and memes and all that stuff is like you can mm-hmm. talk. TikToks and memes are both visual, <laughs> like both visual items, but you could talk about it in conversation and people know what you're talking about and they uh-huh. have become a part of pop culture. Yeah, it's interesting. I want to push back because I, uh, uh, Kim Kardashian's audience ain't Gen Z, so millennia. When I saw it, because I also saw that post, and I was like, "Y'all are full of shit." Yeah, y'all, <laughs> man, listen, y'all. I think millennials are just as messed up. No, I, I agree. Mean, like, I up agree. To 40, yeah. I think you, we are also getting the surgeries. We are also putting the filters. When you see those moms using those like uh, puppy face, you be like, "Puppy face filters? <laughs> Come on, bruh. Like. <laughs> I mean, smooth is skin is a shiny. And the, spa- and the filters are getting worse. Like, like, I the feel tan like maybe- filters, the ones that make you look tan. Those things are ugly. <laughs> I, so for me, it's the eye filter because I remember that phase mm, as a right, kid right, where everybody of wanted wanting to, have to do the eyes. color con. Yep. Well, because it, because it made you feel different and special. And so I take you know the nighttime and the whatever. I look at it and be like. Girl, you look it. Okay. No, stop it. Stop. I mean, but like <laughs> a little freckle, a little, a little light lip. I see. Right. But it's millennials too. They out here just as much wilding and just doing just as much. Don't let them make it feel like it's a Gen Z thing. You're right. You're definitely right. It's definitely not just Gen Z Gen Z. It's interesting now because I think we can see so much more of people's lives than we have historically. Mm -hmm. Like, even if we think about celebrities, historically, celebrities were the only people who really shared, we saw a lot of their life, like people we didn't know specifically. And even if we didn't see intimate details, there was enough that we could kind of like paint a picture. Now we get that Mm -hmm. same thing for Tom down the street and Sally across the country. (laughs) And it's just like, okay, I don't know her, right? I don't know these people, but from what I'm seeing, like I said, we fill in the blanks, and now I'm comparing my life to what I've seen, and not I'm not just seeing one of Sally, I'm seeing a hundred Sallys and a hundred Toms, and I'm thinking, okay, well, am I the only one that doesn't have this? <laughs> am I the only one that's struggling with this? It, it It's definitely, I feel like social media, for me, I recently took a break from social media, and I actually think I'm going to institute specifically like around the holidays just kind of avoiding social media going forward just because I think it's a good time to reevaluate I think um my birthday is December 1st and so that's kind of like but but because my birthday is December 1st and New Year's January 1st that time between I kind of look at as like a recalibration period like I'm turning a new age 
the year's about to start, I can kind of think about what I want to get done in the coming year. And I also have included, at least this this year, not using social media during that time. Um, and I think it was helpful. It was great. It felt like I could I could set goals based on the things that I wanted because I was clear on what I wanted, right? It wasn't like I was letting other people's lives influence what I want. Oh, I want to look like this because that's what I'm seeing all over the internet. Or um, I want to, like, all those other things that we compare ourselves to. I think the key is when you're on being on social media is trying to find your individuality and not try to be like everyone else because a lot of people like you or these certain people on on these apps because, oh, this is different than, you know, this usual girl doing her makeup or doing this, that, and the other. But I think having seeing those people that are just different on the internet is also interesting. So instead of trying to get so wrapped up in it, you have to find a way to stand out. And just do you and not fall in line with I don't everyone else. I don't even know if it's necessarily standing out. I think doing you. Or yeah, stand not standing out, out but just yeah. like doing you and not trying to, I guess. I don't know, but it's so hard because everything on there is just the same that sometimes you just fall in, but being able to find a way to s- s- separate yourself, I guess. I think yeah. even though things are repetitive, if you find a like, I, I feel like from what I've seen, the most successful accounts. Find a way to take that trend and tell it through their lens, right? Like mm-hmm. your perspective is going to be totally different than someone else's. And even if you're doing the same thing, if you're a way able to be like, hey, like these are the things that about my particular process that might be helpful to someone else or might just I just like to share. That is what will make you not like a carbon copy of everyone else. Yeah. Um, what has helped me with social media in particular, is to stop seeing it as real. Mm. Social media to me mm. at this point is entertainment, just like, and it's as ridiculous as like scandal. You know, <laughs> it is, it is, and it, and I know there are people who work really, really hard to make it seem like reality, but it is not. I saw something ever that said social media is more real than real life. And I was like, mm, are you? And, and it, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I want to make that very clear because it's helped me a lot with my own personal confidence and being vulnerable about it because it is not real ever, 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 because someone has to edit the video. Mm-hmm. Everything no one is, is raw dogging. Yeah. No one is raw dogging camera. And that's what I say with the crying earlier, because you have to stitch it to get it to three minutes. Right. Which yeah. meant you had to cut out some faces. You had to make sure that angle was hidden. So I hope it's doing what you needed it to do. Right. You had to go if grab you, the camera, set it up. Right? Set it up, Turn make sure light. it was facing the yeah. window. <laughs> That's the wrong filter. You had to do work. So when I watch it, it's like, this is just entertainment. This is Jersey Shore. This is Real Housewives. This is love and hip hop just curated for me. It takes away that feeling that I have to compete. Mm. Because I've never felt like I had to compete with Olivia Pope. I've never felt like I had to compete with Meredith Grey. I've never felt like I had to in- compete with Cribs, MTV Cribs. Right. But when I make it seem like these are real people and this is actually Joe down the street, it makes me feel like I have to compete. And it makes me start to feel that shame and embarrassment. When I know Joe has got credit card debt that he ain't <laughs> never going to be able to pay off. Or Joe... <laughs> Is buying the sweater, taking the picture, tag still here. Bought the sweater in cash so I can return it and not get, start digging right. up. You know, they'll be like, you return 15 clothes because it's on a car, you know? So I buy it in Richmond 
wear it, return it to Charlottesville. Nobody knows the wiser. Right. But that's real. Yeah, no, people that do that all the time. But we assume they're just doing better than me. And that's when I'm like, you're going to go crazy. Yeah. So I, number one, scrubbed all my social media of anything body-wise. That was a big thing for me. Like, I don't need to see nobody's fake hips. I don't need to see nobody's cut mm-hmm. abs. And I'm like, I hear you, sis. It's, it, it's beautiful, but that gets in my brain. So number one, I did what I need to do to protect my vulnerabilities by not seeing it. Mm-hmm. I don't see it ever. Then number two, this is all fake. And then if it's entertainment, it's like, I'm watching an anime right now. Just... <laughs> Um, to remind myself that it's not, it's like the highlight reel. I think we say it, but I don't know if we internalize really it as much it. as we yeah. need to. You're right. That mm-hmm. this is, this is someone's best moments. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's um, important to remember. Everything on the social media is produced. It's all edited or refined in some way. So it's not like a real raw experience. Yeah. And if you watch real raw experiences, if you watch real raw, just like, like, I don't know, my uh, librarian friend in the library used to have like a, a live stream of like an eagle's nest or a live stream of like puppies playing. And that shit is hella boring. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to watch people just live, you know, right. how, how boring that would be as entertainment. It's like you yeah. walking up and down grocery aisles. So that makes even more like this is entertainment, which is why it is so engaging, which is why it's so gripping, which is why it's so, yeah. because when you watch someone live daily life, it is very boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fun. Thank you so much for being our guest on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We thank we'll thank you for being here. But yeah. It was really fun. Thank you. I thank you for the opportunity. Where can our audience find you? Um, so you can find me on TikTok or Instagram. You can search Deandra McDonald or Simple Real Estate. Both of those will pop up. And I'd love to see you in that online space. Absolutely. Everybody, you heard her. And we will tag her in yep. the show notes. All right, everyone. It has been a great time having this conversation. I hope you all found some use out of this conversation about confidence and maybe something you could take away and apply in your own life. Otherwise, I look forward to chatting with you guys in the next episode. So catch you later.